Thank you for checking out the City Church Podcast today. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know you are loved. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you. So we are grateful for that. So they've called their church True North Church, and they have been pastoring that church since 2008. They have two children, Samuel and Sydney. Samuel is a graduate university and has just graduated from Bible College in Oklahoma. Uh, Sydney is also a college graduate, and she is in her second year at a Bible College in Birmingham, Alabama. Besides being Pastor Brent's sister, she's also my daughter. <laughs> and uh, so I want you to stand with me this morning and welcome her to the pulpit. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. You can be seated. Thank you so much. It's so great to be here. Uh, it's like coming home after, you know, working here for 16 and a half years. Not this particular building. This is a new one. But it always feels like home, even though I maybe don't know all of you. It's great to be back. I'm actually Brent's older sister. <laughs> Not by much. <laughs> Just a couple of years. Um, I noticed they don't say that. <laughs> um, but today I am excited to teach the Word of God. It's always a privilege, no matter whether it's here or wherever, to preach God's Word and to teach His Word. So let's just pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, You are such an awesome God, and we just honor You today. We praise You. We thank You, Lord, for what You did in the first service. And we thank you, Father, that this is a whole new group of people that you have in this second service. And I thank you, Lord, that you want to show yourself mighty to them. I thank you, Father, that your presence is evident in this place and upon their lives this morning. We thank you, Father, for ministering to hearts and lives. That if people have grown cold in their relationship with you, I thank you, Father, that you just turn up the heat. I thank you, Father, that you draw them closer to you, that you arrest them by your spirit this morning, and you draw them to you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the words that go forth out of my mouth. I thank you that they will not return unto me void, but they will accomplish that which they're sent to do. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit helping me to teach and helping me to speak forth the word of God with boldness, utterance, and unction. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said... Amen. So today I'm going to teach on God's blessing and God's favor. You know, through the course of our life and as we grow and as we grow up in different seasons of our life, you know, you can get tired, you can get bored in different seasons of life. And sometimes we can um, translate that over into our spiritual life you know, like boredom and monotonous and type thing. And so we begin to just search for something that's going to like zip, something that's going to make us a little, you know, zippier, a little happier. We're looking for something that just is spectacular. We just want something big to happen in our life. And when we do that, oftentimes we will miss what God provides daily. 
this is really something that I could speak every time I speak because <clears throat> God desires for us in everyday life. He desires that his super will affect our natural every single day. We're natural human beings, and God is a supernatural God, and God wants to bless you, and God wants to speak to you every single day. Now, I'm not talking about an audible voice that comes from the heavens, and the angels come. I'm talking about we open the Word of God, and we read a few scriptures, just a few scriptures, and something gets illuminated. Some revelation just stands out to you. That's God speaking to you. How amazing is that? You don't need to wait for your pastor. You don't need to go to a priest. God has made you a priest. God has made you able to speak and talk to him and hear from him every single day. So God's in the business of adding his super to our natural. Adding the you know adding this adventure of favor and blessing. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. In Ephesians 2 verse 8, it tells us for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. So that grace is God's unmerited favor. And that favor was that favor was towards you before you ever even knew Christ. That favor even when you were still rebelling against God, his favor was going forward towards you. It says in Romans 5 verse 8 that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. So our, my main text today is Psalms 5, verse 12, and it says, For the Lord will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. I want to break that scripture down. And this is something that, you know, you can be doing every day as well. You know, as we meditate on the word of God daily and as we study God's word, we are to study to show ourselves approved. If a scripture, like I said, stands out to you as you're reading in your time of devotion, and it stands out to you, that's God speaking to you. Break that scripture down. Divide that scripture up. Meditate on that scripture. Eat it. And when I say eat it, I say speak it, read it, break it down, and let God speak to you even further than what he already has. So in this scripture, you can just keep that text up. For is Psalms 5.12. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. So who is righteous? Who's righteous? In 2 Corinthians 5.12, he said, For our sakes he made him, Jesus, to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So you and I have been made the righteousness of God. And righteousness really is just right standing with God. We have the right to stand before God. We have right standing with him. And so as Christ followers, we are righteous. 
And the amplified of this same text, Psalm 512, it says, For the Lord will bless the uncompromisingly righteous, him who is upright in right standing with you, as with a shield, you will surround him with good pleasure and favor. Now this word in here, bless, bless the righteous, that word bless is the act of of making a binding pronouncement of good. A binding agreement that is legal and cannot be voided. So God is pronouncing blessing upon the righteous. Who's righteous this morning? Who's righteous this morning? I am. <laughs> you guys can talk in here to me. It's okay. All right. You may be able to talk to my brother, but you can talk to me, all right? <laughs> um, so it's a blessing. It's a binding agreement. Matthew Henry's commentary says, The Lord commanded a blessing upon them, pronounced them blessed. Those, those whom thou bless are blessed indeed. So you need to say, I'm blessed. Yes, amen. So this word favor in this same scripture says, favor gives you an advantage. I said this in the first service. You know, when someone serves you some food and you really like it, you say, yes, please, I'll take some of that. And so we need to say, when, when it comes to the favor and blessing, we need to say, yes, please, I will take some of that. Daily, I'm going to take some favor and blessing. It's coming my way in Jesus' name, Amen. So this favor gives you an advantage. It is looking kindly upon someone and treating them with special regard. So you need to think about when I walk around, I have special advantages coming my way. Wherever I go, special advantages are coming my way. I get special treatment. Why? Because of how wonderful I am? No. Because of my Savior, because of my Lord, and because of my King, and who He made me to be righteous, blessed, and favored. So, as we continue just looking through this scripture, the Cambridge Paragraph Bible translates it, For the Lord will bless the righteous with favor and compass him as with a shield. This word compass is crowned. So you are crowned with the favor of God. And it compasses you as a shield. Uh, you know, a shield, we think about it in battle. It comes to aid you. And a shield, we just think of it as one-sided. But the favor of God to the saints is, is, is a defense on every side. It's a hedge. Front, back, side to side. Praise God. <clears throat> so the Lord is making a pronouncement that you and I are surrounded, crowned with favor, on every side like a shield with blessing and the favor of the Lord. Now, Queen Elizabeth, she has um, two grandsons, and one of them is Prince William, and he married Kate Middleton, and she became the Duchess of Cambridge. So this was a pronouncement of a title that was given to her. And this title, did it bring privileges? Yes, 
Absolutely, this title gave, brought privileges. But she was not born into this royal family. It was given to her. But you and I, as believers of God, are, as born-again believers are God, of God, are born into the family of God. Hallelujah. And we have been born into blessing and favor. Like, you can't even get away from it. This is, you're born into it. I mean, when she, when Kate Middleton walks around, people know that she, that there's, there's something about her, that she is, you know, that she is the Duchess of Cambridge. Do you know that when you walk around, the favor of God can be noticed, the favor of God can be seen, and you need to expect it. As you're walking around and as you're just doing your daily stuff, your daily stuff again and again and again, the same old, same old blessing and favor is upon the same old, same old. Hallelujah. So God has crowned us with blessing and favor. And I want to focus on these two powerful forces today, blessing and favor. So what does the reality of blessing and favor look like in real life? When you've been crowned with blessing and favor, do you have tests, trials? Could you possibly be betrayed? Could lies possibly be told about you? Could your family forsake you if you're blessed and favored of God? Well, in John 16, verse 33, it says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. So yes, when we're blessed, because you could say, well, I am not blessed and I am not favored because I got some trials, I got some tests, I got this going on, that going on. But the thing about it is, God is working. I still love that song. I don't even know if you see it here, sing it here or not. Even though I don't see it, he's working. Even though I don't feel it, he's working. God is working. Sometimes we have to actually learn how to be aware of just, see, again, we start looking for these spectacular, big, major things when God is working in the little, everyday things of life. He starts leading you and guiding you and showing you, and my dad was just telling me, as we were sitting in the back room, he said, you know, um, I was going to pick up my shirts, but I felt a prompting, you know, I just felt like the place would be closed even though they usually are open. I just felt they should be closed, you know, and they were closed. It's just that easy. It's just that simple. That's, that's the favor and blessing of God. He's just leading you in your everyday life. I don't know about you, but I want to be led. I want to have the favor surrounding the blessing just in everyday life. I need it. Do you need it? So the reality is that, you know, we will have some tests and trials. <clears throat> you know, when, you, when we hear those powerful words from uh, 
Dr. Martin Luther King. It, you know, it's hard not to be stirred. Even just when you begin to hear his iconic voice, it just reverberates. You know when you hear him speak who he is. And his uh, dedication where he said, I have a dream. You know, and sometimes when you hear people like that, so full of passion and so full of drive, you can ask yourself, do I have a dream? Am I that dedicated to something to face hardship and persecution? Is there something ignited in me that I want to live with purpose and favor and blessing? I'm going to talk to you today about one of my favorite characters in the Bible, and that's Joseph. Joseph's story, it begins with a dream at the age of 17. Any teenagers in the room today? <clears throat> any? Are they all out? Are they all out? 17-year-olds, anybody in here? Woohoo! No, all right. Those 17s, they're quiet. They're afraid to say it. All right. So Joseph is 17, and he has a dream. Joseph may be, you know, one of the greatest examples, actually, of the blessing and favor of God. But we also see a person who is willing to, to face hardship and persecution, even in the midst of what God has given him to do, this dream. So in the landscape of the book of Genesis in the Bible, Joseph's story is from chapter 37 to 50. It's one of the, you know, one of the biggest stories within the book of Genesis is the, book, is the story of Joseph. So in the beginning, Joseph, he is out in the fields. He is enjoying life. He is watching over his father's sheep. He's doing well. He's with his brothers. And in Genesis 37, verse 5, it starts out saying, One night Joseph had a dream. When he told his brothers about it, they hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the fields tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed down to mine. And then in verse 9, Joseph, soon Joseph had another dream. And again, he told his brothers about it. Listen, I had another dream, he said. The sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed low before me. And this time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dream meant. Now Joseph, Joseph's father, he, Joseph was favored amongst all his brothers. Uh, Joseph was born to his father in his old age, and so he favored him, and he gave him a coat. If you don't know anything about Joseph, you've probably heard about the coat of many colors. And so he was given a coat by his father, a special coat. None of the other's brothers got one of these coats. And his brothers saw that he was loved more than them, and they, the, the words in the Bible said they hated him for it. It's a pretty strong word, hate. Joseph 
still had a dream. And the dream was not just something he dreamed. It was divine. It was given by God. So even when it wasn't received by others, he knew it was a God dream. So his brothers were jealous of his coat. And then he tells about, about the dream, and they hate him even more. So his brothers, what they do, we see in Genesis 37, his brothers conspire against him. They strip him of his coat. They throw him in a pit, and then they sell him for 20 shekels. They sell him into slavery. So Joseph finds himself on an auction block in a foreign land, stripped of everything that he had. If you can just picture it for a moment. In all the life that you have and all the, the blessings that you have in your home and everything that you have, being stripped from you, taken away from you, and being sold into slavery. <clears throat> so Joseph ends up being sold into Potiphar's house. Now Potiphar is the captain of the guard of Pharaoh's army. And so one day, Joseph's a free young man, favored by God, enjoying life, preferential treatment from his father. And the next day, he's sold into slavery by none other than his family. The people who were supposed to love him more than anybody else. Family. Being betrayed by family is probably one of the hardest things to handle and to deal with. It affects the soul. We expect more from family. We expect more from siblings, from, from relatives. We expect more from them. So you can imagine how Joseph is feeling. Let's look on and see what Joseph does after being betrayed. In Genesis 39, verse 2, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. So Joseph is a slave. He's a servant in a home. And God's blessing and favor is upon him. And he is succeeding in everything he does. He's also noticed. It says Potiphar notices him in verse 3. Potiphar noticed this and realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household, everything he owned. From the day that Joseph was put in charge of his master's household and property, the Lord began to bless Potiphar's household for Joseph's sake. All of the household affairs ran smoothly, and his crops and livestock flourished because of Joseph. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. And with Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing. He just uh, expected what food to eat. So the blessing of the Lord is empowerment. You and I are blessed with the favor of the Lord. And that blessing is an empowerment to prosper, to succeed. And that's something we have to expect in our life, that we would prosper and succeed. In Proverbs 10, verse 2, it says, The blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow to it. That word rich is fully supplied. 
So God wants us fully supplied, and his favor produces the opportunities for this to happen in our lives. Praise God. So the blessing of the Lord is with Joseph, and it's seen. That blessing is seen, and he succeeds in everything he does. Praise God, God's no respecter of persons. Joseph, a servant bought into slavery, was soon in charge of an entire household. Potiphar's household. And Potiphar was seeing the blessing upon him. He was seeing the crops flourish. He was seeing that his house was blessed. You know, the companies you work for, your employers, you need to expect that the company is going to flourish and be blessed. The revenue is going to go up. Why? Because you're there. You want your, you want your company to be blessed and flourish. The favor of God is on our life, and it will produce opportunities to make your company succeed, to make you succeed. So in this same chapter that he's now in Potiphar's home and things are going good, we're seeing everything flourish and blessing and succeeding. And then he is noticed by Potiphar's wife. And in an instant... She lies about a situation with him, and in an instant, all that he had is now lost. Bankrupt. All that he had is lost. He gets put into prison, unjustly accused. Unjustly accused. He was innocent, and he's put into prison. You know, every, if you ever watch a movie, it's actually really hard. Well, it's hard for me. I don't like injustice. And when I see somebody getting taken advantage of and you know it's, it's not the truth, you just want the truth so badly. So in prison, you know, it's probably one of the running jokes. You know, every, all the guys in prison say they're innocent. But Joseph truly was innocent. You know, and Joseph could have thought, just when I get a break, just when things are going well, again, I lose everything. I feel like I've lost ground. I am going back to square one. I have to start all over. You know, I might as well give up. She lied. I told the truth. And I'm in prison. Joseph, you know, he could have grumbled and complained, but he chose to trust in God. You know, my father, I don't know if you all know the story of my um, dad. He pastored here for 20 years. The story is very large, but I'm going to tell you a small portion of it. But he pastored here for 20 years, and uh, he was asked to take over um, this church, and at the time... The city was called Faith Fellowship World Outreach Center. That was the name of the church. And he took it over, and this church was $2.5 million in debt. He had 11 to 15 people, and he said probably most of them didn't have a job when he took it over. 
So this was back in 1989. And um, this was something that he believed the Lord was telling him to do, to take over the church. Now that in and of itself does not look too appetizing. Doesn't look too appetizing to me. I'm sure it doesn't look too appetizing to you. And so I'm sure after he gets here and he's, you know, thinking about stuff, He's like, you know, I, he had pastored many times before that. He'd pastored nine years, most of my, you know, junior high, high school age, nine years in poor credit at a very large church. And so now he's taking over a church. I'm sure he thought to himself, you know, Lord, you told me to do it. It's $2.5 million in debt. I didn't even create the debt. I wasn't even here when they started with this debt. And now I'm taking it over. My husband and I joined him and my mom in 1991 and came on staff. And I remember praying about the building and praying about this debt and that, you know, we were believing to get out of it. And so my dad would try to sell the building many times and he would get offers like uh, maybe a million dollars or a million five. And that would mean that he has a million dollars of debt left and no building. So we weren't doing that. So we stayed. But during that time, you know, and I'm making this very simple, and I'm making this very short, but obviously it's a journey with someone, right? And uh, he began, not began, I'm sure he was just believing God and getting stronger on the inside of him, standing on the Word of God. And he came confessing God's word, and he started to say, when we turn the key, we'll be debt-free. And then 22 years later, 22 years later in 2011, he turned the key on this building, and it was debt-free. Praise God. So you get to enjoy this beautiful facility today because he didn't quit because he didn't give up. When it would have been easy to give up, when it would have looked like, you know, when things are, when uh, collectors are coming and they're wanting their money, it'd be easy to quit and to give up. But we have to resist that temptation. And Joseph had to resist quitting from, Potter, from the pit to Potiphar's house, now put unjustly into prison. He had to maintain his character, not lose his character in the meantime, and trust in God. And God shows up yet again in prison. He showed up in the pit. He showed up in Potiphar's house. And yet again, in the prison, God shows up. In Genesis 39, verse 21, But the Lord was with Joseph and showing him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners. Now that just sounds crazy. They're given a prisoner in charge of all the other prisoners. And whatsoever they did, sorry, gave all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. Then the keeper of the prison looked not to anything, 
that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did the Lord made to prosper. So we see, yet again, God's favor at work in Joseph's life in the most unlikeliest of places. In the most unlikely places of your life, you need to believe that you are blessed and highly favored. It can look the opposite to what it should be. But God's word is true. Be not moved by what you see, but only be moved by what the word of God says, that you're blessed and favored of God. So he's now in prison, and again, he has been showed mercy and great favor. So while he's now in prison, the pharaohs, butler and baker, get put into prison. And while they're in prison there, they each have a dream. And Joseph, by the Spirit of God, interprets their dream with accuracy. And once he's done interpreting their dream, he asks the butler and the baker to show him kindness and remember him when they get out of prison. So when they get out of prison, they go back to the palace, which was all a part of the, the dream that they had had, and they go back to the palace, but they forget Joseph, who had helped them. You know, and all of us can feel at one time or another forgotten. We can feel, you know, friends leave our friend group and they go on to another one and they leave you out. Or, you know, someone in your office, you and another employee were working on a project and you did it together and yet they are moving forward and you are in the same spot and they've forgotten about you. So we can all feel forgotten at one time or another, and it doesn't feel good. But Joseph continued to hope in God. While in prison, he trusted in God. Then Pharaoh, going forward, now actually two years in a place that you are made to stay, made... You know, you're told what to do and when to do it, and you cannot leave. So he's in a place, and Pharaoh has a dream. Now, Pharaoh's wise men can't interpret the dream, and his magicians can't interpret the dream. And fear, it says in the Bible that Pharaoh, is, his spirit is troubled. So two years later, the butler remembers Joseph and how accurately he interpreted the dream. And he is brought in verse in Genesis 41 verse 15 it says Joseph is brought before Pharaoh. The prisoner, the nobody is brought before Pharaoh. In Proverbs 18 verse 16 it says a man's gift opened doors for him. And brings him before great men. So God's favor, what it's doing for you and what it's doing for me is it's pulling us forward. His favor is pulling us ahead. Even when the circumstances don't look like it. In prison, 
feeling forgotten, even when the circumstances in your life don't look like it, God's favor is working. Expect it. Believe it. You know, you might feel trapped. You might feel stuck. You might feel there's no way out. I'm in this dead-end job. This is the career that I have to do now, and I will have to do it evermore, and it sucks. I don't like it. I don't want to be doing this. Everything seems like it's, I'm on a track to nowhere. But what you have to begin to do is to say out of your mouth the truth of God's word, that I am righteous. I am blessed and favor of God, flavored by God. Now, you know, just confessing those words doesn't mean, you know, the multiple times that I say it, blah, 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 I keep saying it, it's going to happen. When we say those words, when we confess God's word, it's getting on the inside of us. It's getting big. It's getting strong on the inside. It's creating faith. That, and faith moves the hand of God. Faith is what draws out and moves us forward. As we're believing and standing upon God's word, it's pulling us ahead. And God is no respecter of persons. What he did for Joseph, he will do for me and he will do for you. So in all accounts, in the prison, when he is in the prison and they have forgotten about it, it looked like he missed it. It looked like the dream wasn't coming to pass. It looked like God had left him. Have you ever felt like, man, God has not got my number. It seems like he's got everybody else's number, but he's not got my number. He's left me out. He's punishing me for all the wrong things that I did. No, he's not. His love and his mercy and his grace and his favor is abounding towards you. So Joseph, by the Spirit of God, interprets King Pharaoh's dream. And equally as important, the king, he realizes the Spirit of God is upon Joseph. And in Genesis 41, verse 39, it says, And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has shown thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. The prisoner talking to the king. And he's, the, sorry, the king is talking to this prisoner. Thou shalt be over my house, and according unto thy word shall thou rule all my people According to thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. So the blessing of God has empowered him to prosper, and the favor of God has given him the opportunity. Immediately, Joseph has been promoted to the second in charge. In Genesis 41, verse 2, it says that Pharaoh took his ring from his finger, and then he dressed him in robes and fine linen and a gold chain around his neck. The Lord restored. You know, the coat that his brothers had taken from him, God restored and gave him even more. He gave him a ring and gold, jewelry. So God is in the restoration business. 
So it's important for us to all understand. This all starts with the purpose and the plan of God. And God has got a plan and a purpose for every single person in this room. God has a purpose for you to influence, to affect the people that you're around every single day. Your spouse, your children, you're on assignment. You should have a dream about your kids. You should have a dream that your children will rise up and affect the generation that they are called to. You need to... You need to believe God with great intensity. That's probably one of the first and foremost things you need to have about your children. Dream. Dream big God dreams for your kids. Not just that, you know, oh, my kids, you know, are going to rebel and then they're going to do, and then they'll come. No. Believe God, my children will never walk away from God. My children will walk the path of the righteous. Declare it. Say it over them. No matter if they're flinging their hair in your face, smoking a cigarette in your face, I don't care. Declare what God says over your kids. So most importantly, this started with a dream, a destiny upon his life to fulfill. And it's so tempting. It's so tempting when you have a dream, even for your children. It's so tempting to grow weary. It's so tempting to think it's not happening. It's not working. My kids are going to be one of those things that you're just going to be a statistic. I'm so weary. I'm so weary every day when I have to look at rebellion right smack in the face. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't grow weary. You have to say, devil, you're not having my kids. You have to begin to declare over them in the face of whatever, you're, whatever it is you're facing with them, you have to declare God's word over them. My two kids are in Bible school right now, but, you know, you, I had to stand You have to stand all the time. You have to be looking at them and and figuring out where they are spiritually and begin to speak God's word over that situation. So it was nine years from the time that Joseph was placed in power in Pharaoh's home before his brothers came to Egypt seeking help and provision from him You know, during that time, he was given such power and such wealth that he could have retaliated against his brothers. He had the power and the money to do it. Or or he could have made them come and bow down to him. Come and see who I am and go get men and make them bow down. But he didn't. Even with the extreme wealth and power, he waited for the Lord to bring it to pass. 
He trusted in God. It says in Genesis 43, verse 26, And when Joseph came home, they, his brethren, brought him the present which was in their hand into the house, and they bowed themselves to him, to the earth. So eventually, and there's a, a whole lot of story in there I didn't talk about. You should go and read it. It's an amazing story of God's provision, favor, and blessing. But eventually, God brought it to pass. And God provided not only for him, for his family, but for a nation through the life of Joseph. So for, the, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround them as a shield. That is for you and for me this morning. And you might say, well, you know, that's Joseph, and that was a big dream God gave him. I'm a nobody. Uh, how do I get this favor of God working in my life? Trust me, it already is, and you're not noticing it. But you also, what, what you can do is you can take this scripture, you can meditate on it, you can speak it out of your mouth, you can believe it, you can expect it, Expect the blessing of favor of God. Say, Lord, you know, you wake up in the morning, say, Lord, I'm looking. I am looking. Show me your favor. Show me your blessing. You know, how we do it is we get it on the inside of us and, and make it large on the inside of us. And we have great expectancy to see God move. And when you wake up in the morning, begin to say, God's blessing and favor encompasses me like a shield. It surrounds me on the front, on the back, on the side, wherever I go. The blessing of God empowers me to prosper, to succeed, and the favor of God is giving me opportunities, opening doors that no man can shut because God, you alone have opened them. God's favor is pulling me ahead even when it doesn't feel like it, even when it doesn't look like it. God's favor is moving in my life. If you said that every day and you begin, it will rise up on the inside of you. It will get big and strong on the inside of you and you will see. And you will, know, all of a sudden you'll begin noticing, oh, that was the favor. <laughs> that was a blessing. Oh, there it is again. It's coming to me today. Oh, I see it on my kids. I see it in my home. I see it in my neighborhood. I see it in my church. There it is. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's all stand up. Thank you for your support. If you want to connect with us, you can find us online at thecitychurch.ca.